0: Pastor and Shepherd in East Texas. Uh, C.W. Riley is his name and he watches over some of his sheep and there's this particular serpent that Texas has that's extremely dangerous and it's called the Western Diamondback rattlesnake. So one day as he's out with his sheep a rattlesnake bites his sheep right on the face but he taught me something that I didn't know. The serpent didn't know that what we use for anti-venom is actually lamb's blood. Research it. What we use for anti-venom comes from sheep and horses. So even though, watch this, even though the serpent bit the sheep, the blood of the lamb is stronger than the venom of the serpent. This is so good, y'all. And just like that, this is the beauty of being saved. Because that serpent may try to infect us with venom. But as long as we're blood covered, as long as we have the blood of the lamb, it doesn't matter how often you bite. It might hurt. It might sting. But it won't kill me. Because the blood of the lamb is greater than the venom of the serpent. I'm excited, y'all. I want to get to work, so I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to start this harmonic journey. Are y'all excited? Are y'all ready? God, you're awesome. Thank you for this time. Thank you for this moment. Thank you for allowing us to come together and dissect your word. Just like I petitioned in my secret places in private, God, use me as your oracle, the soundtrack, the PA system of heaven. I'm asking publicly that you do the same. And specifically, God, what we're asking for is help us to be mature believers. So much so that we don't view you like Santa Claus where we give you our wish list and then we abandon the faith when you don't give us what we wanted. Help us to be committed, faithful followers of Jesus. We're asking that you do it. Breathe on our encounter. We don't want just a service. We want your presence. Worship has gone forth. Which is simply saying, God, come in this house and have your way. We're asking that you do it. And everybody who agrees with that prayer would just shout in the room, in the overflow, and online, Amen. 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 Church family, as we are now boarding the aircraft of this preaching presentation this afternoon. With the efforts and hopes to reach a cruising altitude of spiritual intelligence and life change, I must caution you with this disclaimer. This word on the day, (laughs) what we're about to deal with on today is low on the radar. It's a topic that is often overlooked, underpreached, and truthfully, it's in a famine from being preached from many pulpits because this word on the day is not going to activate shouts. This one is not going to have you leave and say, oh, we had some church today. This one is not going to cause for you to say that boy better preach. This one is not going to appease the emotions of men. But I get it. I understand we all want to live in the favor of God. Because you'll never regret living in the favor of God. But you will regret making decisions that cause for you to live outside of it. One more time. All of us want to live in the favor of God, and you and I will never regret living in the favor of God, but we will regret making decisions that cause us to live outside of it. Simply put, when you can hear God's voice clearer, decisions become easier. I believe that this is a prophetic utterance. What God has anointed for me to share with you for this particular hour is there is not enough teaching and we are not being taught how to identify and know God's voice when God is saying this is not yours. See, I know, I know, I know, I know. I can get everybody to shout if I begin to articulate to you what is yours. This is your year. This is your time. This is your moment. This is your season. This is your harvest. You are the one that's going to be the first millionaire in your family. I can get everybody to shout when I tell you this is yours. But what about when God is trying to teach my people I need for them to identify what's not theirs. This is not your door. This is not your room. This is not your year. This is not your season. See how quiet it is? This is not your opportunity. That's not your call. That's not your anointing. That's not what your grace for. That's not your spouse. See? See? (laughs) We shout when we hear teachings that inform us what is ours, but it's causing for us to be people who can't identify when God is saying, this is not yours. (laughs) This is not yours. I understand We all want to live in the favor of God But we can't live in the favor of God if we do not have the ability to hear God's voice saying my favor My hand is not on this that is going to favor it for you So if you try to pursue it anyway, you'll be navigating without my hand Can you hear when God is saying, my favor for you is not on that? And if you keep on trying to do it anyway, you're going to navigate your life free from my hand. And I can't speak for anybody else, maybe just myself, but I don't want to be on a stage. I don't want to be in a room. I don't want to be on a platform that God is saying, this is not me. My no is on that. Can you identify when God's no is on a thing? See, because it's baby-like for you to throw a temper tantrum when somebody takes what was never yours. Talk Holy Spirit. <laughs> your scalp, your neck, I feel somebody's toe. See, it reminds me of my son when, we were three, when he was three years old and we went to a trampoline park. And he met some little boys there and he was playing with them and he was playing with their toys. But when it was time for them to leave, he didn't want to give The boys, their toy's back. I said, Jay, you got to give it back to them. He said, no, it's mine. I said, no, son, that's not yours. That's the boys you just met. He said, no, it's not theirs. It's mine. I had to literally take it out of his hand and say, this was not yours. We didn't come here with this. This belongs to them. And he throws a temper tantrum. Watch this. He's throwing a temper tantrum because his father is reminding him what was never his to begin with. What is your response when God tells you this was never yours? This was never my idea for you. This was never my will for you. Somebody say this is not yours. Put my foot on the gas a little more. I don't want I don't care how much money they offer me. If God's no is on it, I don't care how many people are in attendance. If God's no is on it, I don't care how much it'll grow a platform. If God is no if God's no is on it. See, we learned this here that all growth isn't healthy, some is inflammation. So just because it's growing doesn't mean it's healthy. I want to know: is God's yes? are no on it and I've arrived to this place before I get excited I first want to see his hand. I first want to see if his hand is on it. Can we go a little deeper? Being able to identify God's no is actually critical for you healing from rejection. (laughs) You being able to hear the voice of God say no to something will help you heal faster from rejection. In fact, we've been mislabeling it. Certain things that God is saying no to, we call rejection, but it's not rejection, it's God saying, that's not yours. They rejected me. No, they're not for you. They didn't hire me. No, that's not where I wanted you. Are you able to be sheep-like enough to trust when the shepherd is saying, that's not mine? that's not for you. I have something different for you. The reason I'm preaching so passionately about this is because I know what it's like. I'm going to use me. Y'all look holy. I'm going to use me. I know what it's like to be in something and try to force for it to work. And then I know what it's like to be in something and there's a flow that's working for me. I'm gonna just use my life. I know what it's like when I'm trying to force and I'm trying to grind and I'm trying to push for something to work and I know what it's like to step in something and experience a flow. Just, it's just working for me. Opportunities, it's just flowing. And I'm not saying that it's not gonna be be like immune from trouble because rocks don't stop rivers. Y'all missed it. It's gonna hit you on the way home. Even when you're in a flow, rocks don't stop rivers. There might be logs, but it's not gonna stop the flow. It might be beasts, but it's not gonna stop the flow. There might be debris, but it's not gonna stop the flow. And once you experience the rain, you won't settle for sprinklers. Preach Holy Spirit, preach Holy Spirit. What does that mean, Pastor? That sound good, but I don't get it. Okay, the rain is God's participation in your situation. Sprinklers, that's all you, bruh. (laughs) That's all your efforts. And watch this, sprinklers cost you, but rain is free. Rain is free. When you're in a place where God can rain on it. See, some of us don't even know we're outside of God's will because we keep making sprinklers. And so we think because it's growing, it's organically God, when it could be you. Don't forget, God told Moses to speak to the rock. Moses hit the rock, and water still flowed. Just because it's flowing doesn't mean God is pleased. And you possibly don't know it because you have sprinklers. Talk, Holy Spirit. I want my people to be able to identify when the answer is no. See, it would be... Spiritual negligence. I would be guilty of ministerial and pastoral inequity. For us to have a whole series entitled Voices, and never dedicate an installment of this series teaching us how to identify when God's voice is saying, this is no. This is no. See? We have heard sermons preaching the yes of God so much That we have become people who actually measure God's goodness, his compassion, and his love by his yes. See? So we measure how good God is by how many yeses we get. The only time God tells you yes is when your request complements his plan. What I'm trying to get us to understand is if you're close enough with God and spend time enough with God, your request will be his plan. This is so good, y'all. Okay, I want to go ahead and give you points. All right. So the know of God, it is tied to three attributes: warnings, love, and grace. Whenever God tells you no, it's a warning. It's his love and it's his grace. We've been preaching more about the rewarding versus the warning. See, but it's the warning that positions you for the rewarding. God is warning you. Let me give you a definition of warning that you can remember. Warning is when God provides you with the inward unsettling. Or a glimpse of, of impending danger that can be avoided. That's a warning. See, paranoia is different. Paranoia is your mind, your thoughts. But remember, indwelling means bowels. We have the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. There's something about that gut feeling. That warning is that unsettling in your gut. Some of us, you literally have to, like, tune it out. To do what you're going to do anyway. This is why you cry during sex. Not because it feels so good. But because you literally had to push aside the voice. I'm talking to somebody. You had to push aside the voice of the Holy Spirit to engage in that activity. See, I told you it's not going to activate shouts. I know. I, I want us to hear this. See, I want us to get to a place that when you have that unsettling, you don't stay long enough to figure out why God gave it to you. Anybody, you ever been in a crowd that they like rowdy? They know can in bucket, like it's rowdy. And you're like, we probably should go. <laughs> They're a little too turned. <laughs> we should go. Why is this getting live? You can stay. I'm not gonna wait until it gets lit. I, I already can feel, anybody ever been in an atmosphere like that, you can just tell. I need to move around. <laughs> why, why does God have to show us red flags and we have to see how red it's going to get before we eventually move you're like red is my favorite color what it do baby <laughs> when God gives you that inward tension trusted enough to not stay in the place to figure out why he's giving it to you. Remember Warren, we had that. I said, "Bro, something telling me to leave." I don't know why, but we gone. <laughs> I want to figure out. There've been too many times where I felt God telling me to leave. And then later on, I heard on the news about a shooting, about a drive-by, and I was just there. Somebody say warning. warning. And if I could just get on my soapbox for a moment. What I've noticed as a pastor, I don't know why we do this. this. I just noticed this as a pastor. Whenever we want something and we want it real bad, we deliberately remove, hide, or avoid people who will echo the warning God already gave you. Mm-hmm. You deliberately remove yourself from people who parrot warnings because you don't want to hear it. Warnings. Number two, the second quality, love. Love. Any good parent in the room and watching online, you don't say yes all the time. Actually, your love is revealed more in your no. Why don't we view God the same way? His love. His love. I say yes when your request fits in my plan. I say no. When your plan will hurt you and my plan and it's love see he doesn't do this for everybody but for me like there's certain people God won't let you get away with it other people tried it but it's like God won't let you enjoy it he won't let you fall in it you got caught you got exposed whatever is on your life God loves suck like God's love is so great where he has to send you a whale What I have for you to do is too powerful for you to disobey, Jonah. I'm going to put you in a season where you got to think, you can recalibrate your thoughts, and you can come back to me. And that's love. I love you so much that I will shut everything down so that you won't go in a field that will hurt your life. That's not God punishing you. That's God saying, I love you so much that I'm protecting you. I won't let you go to that land. I won't let you go to that field. That's love. The love of God. And number three, God's no is his grace. It's it's his grace. God will give you grace to handle what he said no to. But I really wanted this. I've given you grace to not have it. So powerful, y'all. It's it's his grace that God is saying. uh, Let me go a little deeper. Every chair in this room, it was made with the weight load in mind. Whoever manufactured these chairs built it in mind with carrying weight. So all of these chairs, before we ever purchased them, before you ever sat in them, the Creator made them designed to carry weight. There's a certain weight load. In fact, if you step inside an elevator, if you look where the buttons are, where the numbers are, there's something called a weight capacity. And you'll see, I could, this elevator could hold 2,500 pounds. It could hold five or six people. The elevator, it was made to go up To go down, to house people, to release people, but the only way it could pass inspection is once the weight load has been tested. So what is grace? Grace is the weight load you can handle. This is so good, y'all. When God built you, he built you in mind with they could handle this weight. The reason I'm saying no to it is because they don't know how much they can handle. I'm gonna show them by saying no, where they can see that they have grace enough to hold that. You have grace enough to handle whatever it is that God is allowing for you to face. A foundational text, familiar passage of scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 6. The Apostle Paul says, Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth. <laughs> but I will refrain so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say. Or because of these surpassing great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn. Somebody say thorn. thorn. I was given a thorn in my flesh. A messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord, take it away. I don't like it, take it away. It's uncomfortable, take it away. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Our clause of concern, our verse of emphasis where we're gonna park and do some work on for the rest of this sermonic journey lives in verse 8. And Paul says three times: uno, dos, tres. Three times. I asked God, Isaac, I'm like, why aren't we preaching more about God saying no? D- David asked God to build the temple and God said no. There's too much blood on your hands. Your son's gonna do it. Jesus said, If it be possible, take this cup away from me. God said, No, you're gonna die for all of humanity. Paul is saying, God, I'm asking you over and over to take this thorn away. And he's saying, No, my, my grace is sufficient. In other words, God is saying, Paul, your grace for this. I know you don't like it, but your grace for this. People talking about you, but your grace for this. I know it's uncomfortable, but your grace for this. It's getting hot on your job, but your grace for this. People lied on you, but your grace for this. Popping off in comment sections, but your grace for this. You thought certain people would support you, but they're not. your grace for this. Your cross that you must carry at times get heavy, but your grace for this. Don't misconstrue what I'm saying. I didn't promise you ease. I promise you victory. Just because, hear me, just because it's hard does not mean God is not using it. Just because it's difficult does not mean God is not using it. Just because it's uncomfortable does not mean God is not using it. And hardship is not a permission slip to quit. This is hard. I'm I'm out. Just because it's hard doesn't mean quit. It means grace for this. I want to encourage somebody. Matter of fact, we all going to do it. I want us to encourage somebody who's been facing disappointment. Find two people around you and tell them you grace for this. You grace for this. You don't recognize how somebody might need to hear that. You grace for this. Hard. But you grace for this. I know you don't like it. But you grace for this. I've been praying since 2019 about a building. We haven't got one yet. Jerry, you grace for this. When is it gonna happen? Right now it's no. In the meantime, you grace for this. What do you do when the answer God gives you is no. Hmm, hmm. I know th- th- this sermon may come off a little unorthodox, unusual, peradventure, even anomalous for me to present to you another side of God besides him being a genie. Because that's what Western Hemisphere Christianity likes to do, present to you a God that's a genie. Just make your wish and he's going to say yes to it. I want to debunk some false ideologies because as a pastor, as, as somebody who washes feet for a living... As a servant to the body of Christ, I'm not a mini-star, I'm a minister. As a servant to the body of Christ, I love to hear my brothers and my sisters mature. I love to see you grow. I love when you come as an alcoholic and now you're on the praise team. And you're drunk in the spirit versus drunk off baka. I love to see you grow. I love to see you evolve. Like I articulated before, the strength of a tree is not seen in a storm by the height of its branches. It's revealed by the depth of its roots. And deep roots don't fear strong wind. What I'm trying to do this afternoon is I want us to be so deeply rooted and grounded in the gospel that when God says no, it doesn't feel like wind to blow you over. When you didn't get approved, it doesn't blow you over. When they don't accept you, that doesn't blow you over. When you got denied, that doesn't blow you over. When they say we're not hiring anymore, that doesn't blow you over because you have some roots. Three times, I asked God, take this away. I don't like it. Take this away. What do you do when you don't like it, the enemy's irritating you with it, and God's answer is my grace is sufficient for it. (laughs) You don't like it The enemy's irritating you with it Remember Paul said this is a messenger from Satan to torment me You don't like it The enemy's irritating you with it And God's answer to you is My grace is sufficient for it What we're seeing in this text Is a dimension of God that we don't talk about enough Because we serve a type of God that will enroll you in a class that you didn't sign up for, but you can't drop. (laughs) Like God will put you in school and you didn't even know you were a student. He's the type of God, he will enroll you in a class that you didn't sign up for, but you can't drop it. Because each step is critical for your destiny. His word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. This, gonna, this is going to give you some lights on your path so you can't drop it. What do you do when you pray and ask God, please let this be the one? And you're like, this was the one alright. The one that taught you how to have a prayer life. The one that taught you how to fast. Y'all don't want to talk to me? The one that made you come back to church. The one that made you develop devotion. devotion, be De your vote. Take your vote out and submit to me. The one that taught you, you know what? You can Photoshop a lot of things, but you can't Photoshop a toxic heart. Three times I asked, take it away. And his response is my grace is sufficient. For part five of our voices series, let's speak around this thought from this subject. The answer is no. The answer is no. See now, if I would have said, "Let's speak from this topic, your favor's coming." Hey. <laughs> no. Let's speak around this thought. The answer is no, because my children have been measuring my compassion, my love and my goodness only by my yes. And you cannot walk with me and expect not to hear no spiritual inequity for us to have a series on voices and not teach us how to identify when God's saying no let's say this confession everybody watching online can we get this in the room in all caps can I get us to say this in the sanctuary and the overflow as loud as you can everybody say God God." help me to remember that your no, your no is, submerged with the same of love is submerged with the same amount of love as your yes. As your yes. One more time. God, God help, me help me to remember that your no, your no is, submerged is submerged with the same amount of love as your, love as your, yes. As your yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like it. Take it away. I don't like it, take it away. I don't like it, take it away. My grace is sufficient for you. Church family, we find ourselves in a compilation of sermons under the umbrella of our sermon series entitled Voices. A series that has been designed and architecturally constructed by the Holy Spirit to get us to be people who know identify and obey that part know identify and obey the voice of God because Jesus told us himself in John chapter 10 my sheep know my voice and they follow me the voice of a stranger they will not follow Hmm. so that really can cause for us to have two takeaways number one Our following ability is married to our hearing ability. Since we walk by faith and not by sight, the way we follow is tied to how we hear. I I really can't follow if I don't hear right. If I don't hear right, I can't follow right. That's one takeaway. The second takeaway we can get from that passage of Scripture is our hearing ability is tied to our intimacy. The only way, hear me. The only way to identify a voice in the midst of voices with ease is you have to be intimate with the person that voice belongs to. Yeah. One more time. The only way you can identify a voice in the midst of many voices with ease is you have to be intimate with the person that voice belongs to. So I want to I show you this chart that could probably help a little better, okay? Okay. I wish I had this, y'all. When I was really first trying to figure out how to hear God's voice and how to conjure sermons up and how to really understand the direction of God, I wish I had a chart like this. Because it really helps us. We have the no, we have a voice, we have familiar, and we have follow. I don't know why this is blurred out, but it's supposed to say no. You have no, voice, familiar, follow. Somebody say no. Voice, voice Familiar, familiar. Follow. Follow Okay, the first step is you got to know him you, that, that's, that's accepting Christ Surrendering to the power of the gospel Know him Now watch this When you first accept Jesus You don't necessarily know his voice yet Okay So the know becomes the voice The more I'm intimate, the more I hear the voice. And then what's the next part? I become familiar with it. And after I become familiar with that voice, I can follow it. Let me go a little deeper. Josiah was born April of this year. When he was born, I did not know him. Even though he was in my wife's womb for nine months... And I am his father. If they put him in a nursery and all the babies are crying, I wouldn't know which one is mine. Even though I'm his daddy. Same way, you come to Christ, you get saved. All who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. When he calls you, by default, you won't know it's him. Because all you have now is I'm saved, but you don't know him. Just like I didn't know Josiah. But as I begin to be intimate with Josiah. Spend moments with him. Change his diaper. Rock him to sleep. Feed him. I begin to get familiar with his voice. And now I'm so familiar with his voice that I can tell you what each cry means. That one's hungry. That one, he just wants his mama. He has that one bad. <laughs> Nothing's wrong with you. You're fool. Your diapers change. You're not sleepy. He just wants Mrs. Flowers. That's that one. I'm sleepy. I'm able to discern, to know. Watch it. It went from not knowing to knowing to now hearing his voice, getting so familiar with his voice that I could tell you what he needs based on his cry. It's the same way with God. You'll get to a place where you can tell when God is saying move. And you can tell when God is saying stop. You can tell when God is saying wait. And you can tell when God says try again. But if you don't have the no life, Meaning the intimacy. Remember, we learned in Scripture the word "know" is often interchanged with sex. Adam knew his wife, and she bore him a son. Depart from me; I never knew you. The "know" is the intimacy. Stop asking for the voice without the "no" life. Is this making sense? Because once I get the "no," it introduces me to the voice. Pastor, what does no look like? Read your Bible outside of me saying, read it and turn here. This is how people are deceived in church because you take the pastor's word for it versus cracking your Bible open and studying for yourself. And you can see I'm taking scripture out of context because I'm really a businessman in a pulpit and I'm taking advantage of people's ignorance. And I don't know that I'm being deceived because you're taking my words for it. You know Then you're introduced to the voice, and then it becomes familiar so you can follow. Can we go a little deeper? Jesus says, the voice of a stranger, they will not follow. This was sticking out to me all week, Herbert, you know why? Because I was like, man, you know what? The only way a stranger's voice can sound strange is there must be a voice that sounds familiar. So good. The only way a stranger's voice can sound strange is there must be a voice that sounds familiar. Because if every voice is unfamiliar, every voice sounds strange. So no wonder we have people listening to stranger things. (laughs) Because we don't know the voice of God. Every voice sounds strange. so what we do is we will pick the voice that we agree with and label that one God. (laughs) We'll label that one God. God told me to start a ministry. God told me to leave my husband. God told me to give birth to this. God told me. No, you told you. And you're using God's name to co-sign it. Because since God's voice, ooh, it's dangerous when God's voice is strange. I don't know why the Holy Spirit is taking this message this direction. Hear me. I'm telling you prophetically, it is dangerous right now to be a baby. It is dangerous to be a baby Christian right now because there are many voices offering us candy. And it's causing for people to develop a spiritual sweet tooth to such a degree. You don't like sermons that aren't sugary. It has to be sugary for me to attend it. It has to be sugary for me to binge it. When it it has salt in it, it tastes like judgment. I told you, it's not going to activate shouts, but it's going to help you. It's dangerous to be a baby right now. Every baby needs somebody who knows what's good for you. Because baby will eat sugar all the time. They will give themselves cavities. And a lot of us are walking around with spiritual cavities because we only binge what's sweet. We only binge what's sweet the only way. A stranger's voice can sound strange is there must be a voice that sounds familiar. Yes. Three times. How many? Three. Three. times I asked. Take away this thorn. No, my grace is sufficient. This series is designed to teach us to know God's voice in the midst of. See, witches... And demons don't just cast spells, they cast confusion. Confusion. They're not just casting spells, they're casting confusion. Which is why there is a spirit of confusion right now that's at an all-time high because there's so many people who are claiming to be championed by Yahweh. So you don't need to just know God's voice. (laughs) You need need to know God's voice in the midst of. In the midst of many people having access to mics, I need to be able to hear the voice of my good shepherd. In the midst of viral podcasts and viral videos, I need to still know the voice of my good shepherd. In the midst of a bad doctor's report, in the midst of a layoff, in the midst of a disappointment, that's where we should park. In the midst of a disappointment, can you still... Hear God's voice. Even when there's a disappointment in your life. See, this is why I have to be in a place where I hear heaven. This is not Google plagiarized. I have to hear heaven. You want to be in a place where you can hear heaven. And then put yourself in an atmosphere where you're around people who have more experience with God's voice than you do. So I'm asking my parents, I said, how did you know God's voice on this particular property, Mills Road? Because I don't know his voice there yet. How did you know that? How 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 did you know, my pastor friends, how do you know God's voice when he's telling you, take a sabbatical? How do you know God's voice when he's saying, okay, we're done with this series? How do you know God's voice when he's saying, okay, sit down and just let your brother or your sister or your mother teach for a while where you can glean? How did you identify God's voice in that? How do you know God's voice when he's saying, start another campus or start another location? I want to be around people who have experiences with God because watch this. Having access to people who have more experience than you is a blessing, not a threat. Preach, Holy Spirit. It's a ble- Why are you threatened by people who have more experience than you? It is better for you to be in a platoon with another soldier who's been on four tours who can tell you when we go to this part of the battlefield, this is what you need to look for. When we go over here, there are landmines. I appreciate lieutenants, captains, and generals who are before me that can tell me as you go down that path, watch out for landmines. Not intimidated by people who have more experiences I'm grateful just to have access to them How did you know How did you know that that was God's will How did you know that Tanisha was God's will for your life How were you able to identify A pattern in your bloodline Watch this Identifying patterns is awareness Refusing to repeat them Is growth (laughs) Identifying it That's awareness Refusing to repeat it That's growth. And I want to grow. I want to graduate. Enough with Fisher Price faith. I want to grow. Enough with Gerber sermons. I want to grow. I want to grow to the point when God tells me no and it disappoints me. I can still hear. We have to talk about this church family because what we're not addressing enough is how sometimes what God calls you to do hurts your feelings. Mm-hmm. Better yet, sometimes the know of God comes with grief. It comes with grief. grief. You know what depression is? Not all depression, but one form of depression that I've recognized. Sometimes depression is. The idea of what we wanted never being eulogized. Did y'all hear me? I'm just so depressed. Sometimes it's different clinical, different types of depression. But what if what you're labeling as depression is really a eulogy you have never given your wants to? I've never buried what I wanted. I never grieved my idea of where I should be when I'm 37. I never performed a funeral to how I expected my business, my ministry, my marriage to look by 2023. And so now you're walking around with this depressed state. Because I've never performed a funeral to what I really wanted. And I'm not preaching to you. Hear me. I'm not preaching to you from a height I haven't been myself. I know what it's like to look through glass windows, be praying and believing that God is going to heal my grandmother, but she dies anyway. I know what it's like. I know what it's like to get the certification, get the degrees, and I fulfilled all the credentials to be a teacher. I'm certified by the state of Texas to be a teacher, but no school will hire me. And when I'm taking teacher certification, they told me a young, black, educated man is like Michael Jordan in 1991 on the free agent list. We need more black men in our schools to help with, our, with these boys. We need it. And I'm thinking, yeah, I'm going to get hired. But everywhere I turn, no, 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 no. We filled the position. No, no. I had one school tell me we're going to hire me as I'm driving towards the campus way in Gulfgate. I live near Spring. That's like an hour drive. Drive Driving, they call and say we filled the position this morning. No, 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 no. I know what it's like to ask God for something. I've been asking God for this one particular building since 2020. 2020, we in a pandemic. I'm preaching to a camera, going up to the property, believing and asking God for it. Somebody bought it, then they put it back on the market. Somebody bought it, then they put it back on the market, and then they sold it again. I asked God for it, and I believed. I'm not preaching to you from a height that I haven't been. I prayed over my wife's womb when she first got pregnant with Melody. I prayed for smooth pregnancy. No complications. A smooth labor and delivery. Everything that could go wrong during delivery went wrong. The umbilical cord wrapped around Melody's neck. Her heart rate dropping. Our doctor on the edge of the bed pushing Melody back up in my wife because the more my wife's uterus contracts, the more it's choking Melody. And we're running down the hallway. They throw these papers at me and say, hey, we have to do an emergency C-section. Stay right here. I'm like, God, I didn't ask for this. I prayed against this. My daughter has a bruise on her face because the umbilical cord was so tight it was choking her. And I prayed against it. But my grace... Is sufficient see I can't preach with this much passion about God's no if I don't have a resume of getting no and I still have faith even after I got no I can't preach with it's good to just say it but when you got no for yourself and you're questioning God I know what it's like when we were in a hotel, and the church service next door is so loud. Y'all hear me preach? Imagine hearing drums next door. And my mom is still trying to preach, and we get this building, and four months later, Hurricane Ike rips the roof off. I know what it's like to be disappointed with God's plan. And if we don't talk about this, you'll quit when it gets hard. You'll walk away when it gets tough. And I'm telling you, lukewarm faith can't keep you in a hellish season. It can't keep you in a hellish season. When you, this is why church is cleared out in the pandemic, because it exposed you not saying nothing anyway. And I need more than I got a word, and I need something to help me when I'm experiencing hell. Three times I asked. See, the reason it gets so hard for us to accept God's no is because it forces redirection. It forces for you to think of another plan or surrender to God's. But pain and purpose like to date. (laughs) Y'all missed what I just said. Pain and purpose like to date. I just want us to have so much discernment where you could discern beneficial pain. This is pain from your cross. This is pain from your thorn. Or this is pain from your routines. This ain't pain because the devil keeps sending you counterfeits. This is pain because of your type. Okay. (laughs) All right. So let me tell you what God blessed me with this week. Fresh off the press of Revelation. My no is always because of my yes. Whenever I tell you no, it's because of what I've said yes to. See, you got it. Whenever God tells you no, it's because of what he's already said yes to. This changes everything. This means no is not for disappointment it's for navigation I need to find where the yes is see and what we don't realize is many times it's like God has a whole plan for us okay so there's a certain piece that you're supposed to play but we're like no I want my piece to fit and it, it, it really doesn't fit this is the wrong piece they look close like they're alike right And this is how the enemy deceives us because he comes as an angel of the light. It looks like it's supposed to fit. And so what we try to do is make it fit. We try to form to get it to a place where it could fit. And now what I'm doing is I'm hurting me. I'm damaging my peace. Wordplay. I'm damaging my peace. God is saying no to this, but if you trust him, you will find the peace that fits. You see, whenever God tells you no, it's because he's saying yes to something else. And if you're like me, I'm like, okay, don't keep me guessing. What's the yes to? What's the yes to? Okay, that wasn't it. What is it? If I were to just give you the yes, you would lose a seek life. God I'm tired of this oh but you worshiping though God just tell me yes you fasting outside of the church corporation fast God what's your will you are crying out to me and you're keeping your Bible reading plan and pastor didn't say I like this version of you sometimes the no and the navigation of the yes is to keep you faithful if you're honest enough, if we were to get yes, you might get arrogant. Yeah, yeah I got this event in Houston. You pulling up? <laughs> yeah, make sure you call me let me know when you pull up. There's going to be a lot of people there. God knows. Similar to, to Paul, because he says in verse 7 of our foundational text, because of these surpassing great revelations... Therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh. So I want you to remember it this way. If God says no, it's for your protection. If God says yes, it's for your promotion. If God says wait, it's for your development. Trust each answer. One more time. If God says no, it's for your protection. If God says yes... It's for your promotion. If God says wait, it's for your development. Now listen, when God promotes you, it's never about you. Right. Right. Yeah. The reason God can't promote a lot of us is because we will heighten our fence versus lengthen our table. Right. Yeah. Favor on you is really favor for them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When you got that raised, that wasn't for you. It's whose life could you raise up to? Right. When you get blessed, who do you think about first? The kingdom or you? Right. Can, God, can God trust you enough to bless you? How would the kingdom get glorified if he blessed you? Can he bless you with more? Or better yet, can he trust you with trouble? A lot of my people can't handle my no. And when they get my no, they leave me. They leave me. Three times I ask God to take away this thorn. What is the thorn? That's not important. The, purpose is the, po- the point is the purpose of the thorn. So what is the thorns? Like how do we know God is using a thorn? First, I want you to know how the enemy uses it. The enemy always uses thorns to get you to abandon your post. Whatever it is that God has caused you to do, the enemy will try to send a thorn to make you quit. Your marriage, your ministry, your business, your faith, your witness, I want you to quit. And I hope this thorn irritates you enough when you give up. Because be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap a harvest if you faint not. The thorn is to get you to faint, so you won't get the harvest. Number one, thorns keep you humble. They keep you humble. It's almost as if they are God's security deposit to keep you close. <laughs> We don't know what the thorn was. Some say it was a beating. Some say it was a speech impediment. We don't know. Everybody else is giving their hypothesis. The point is, the thorn is to keep you humble. Number two, thorns keep you heaven dependent. You know why I think this series is hitting so different right now? Because I'm literally trying to hear God's voice on where we should go and how we should do this in real time. So like This is not preaching content for me. This is Jerry's real life. (laughs) God, where are we going to go? Just be faithful. All right, we've been faithful. All right, we crowded. We got four to five overflows. Where are we going to go? Just keep trusting me. I'm literally learning God's voice in real time. So when I'm preaching this, it's because I'm going through it too. Thorns keep you heaven dependent. It's when you recognize, I can't do this if God don't intervene. I can't. Whatever it is you're asking God for, this is how you know if it's you or if it's God. When it's you, it glorifies you. When it's God, it glorifies him. Keeps you heaven dependent. Number three, thorns keep you from being comfortable. (laughs) Some of us, the reason each message is so hot is because you've been coming to this church for over a year and you don't serve nowhere. You don't do nothing. We well, actually, complain, though. First to complain, last to participate. <laughs> first to complain. we the first to want to to go play, last one to help move some chairs. When I'm in a place that's constantly pouring into me, I want to give back. Not, 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 not for the pastor, for the church. But for other people who can grow here too. When you go to a gym and it helps you grow, you tell your friends about it. You reference others. Keeps you from being comfortable. Number four, thorns protect and perfect. They protect and perfect. I was looking this up about a rose. Most of the thorns are clustered towards the bottom. And it's designed to protect them from rodents so that rodents can't gnaw around the roots. So the thorns are really there to protect. You can't grab a rose real quickly. you hurt yourself. Sometimes God allows thorns to actually protect you from attacks. This is so good, y'all. So how do we, pastor, identify the know of God? Point number one, you'll have to force it. How do I know when God is saying no? Do you have to force it? Now, there's a difference between God allowing your faith to be in a gym to get your faith some muscle versus you trying to force something that's getting you further from God. You had to hide it. Lie about it. That's not dominoes in your context. That's your side chick. I'm not sorry. My generation requires real. You have to force it. You have to lie about it. When it's you, it will keep you further from God. When it's God, it'll bring you closer to Him. His no can be seen in what we're trying to force. Psalms 32, verse 8: The Lord says, I will guide you along the path, the best pathway for your life. I will advise you. Who? Who will advise you? Y'all talk to me. Who will advise you? Not YouTube, but who? Not Netflix, who? Not your horoscope, who? Not your zodiac sign, who? Not your sage, who? I will advise you and watch over you. Do not be like senseless horses or mules that need a bit or a brittle to keep it under control. I'll guide you if you let me. If you let me. You won't have to force it. This means it's going to come with repetitive confirmation. Repetitive confirmation. Can can I use our lives, TC? Can I use our lives? Mike kept on hearing, we're not hiring you, over and over and over. I'm thinking, I'm fresh out of college, I got the degrees, I got the credentials. No. My sister and I, we shared our story. She had to tell four different pastors to marry them. They all said no. My mom said, huh? Heard you way back there. <laughs> four. She had, to, she had to lie to the last one to marry him. Now we use it as a testimony, because like, bro, By the time the third pastor said no. That should have been like, okay, God, I get it. But she's not the only one. God has told us no several times. But we try to force it. Y'all see how quiet it is? Ooh, online y'all should hear this. Because it's not just Tiana, it's not just me. Many of us are trying to force things. And we're blaming God for us. I don't even know where my paper is. I dropped it. We're blaming God that our life looks like this because of what we're trying to force. Number two, how do you identify the know of God? God's blocking it. He's blocking it. Blocking of God is to get you back on his route. Acts chapter 16 verse 6. I'm reading this from the Message Bible. It says, then they went to Phrygia, and then on through the region of Galatea. Their plan, somebody say their plan. Yeah. Their plan was to turn west into Asia Providence, but the Holy Spirit blocked that route. So they went to Messiah, and they tried to go north to Benitha, but the Spirit of Jesus wouldn't let them go there either. Proceeding on through Messiah, They went down to a seaport. How did they know that just wasn't a bad storm? What was it about Paul's relationship with God where he was able to identify, that's God blocking us? If you keep on reading this same chapter in verse 9, it says, That night Paul had a dream. A Macedonia stood on the far shore and called across the sea, Come over to Macedonia and help us. The dream gave Paul his map. I love it. I love it. The no was because of the yes. See, this changes everything. If you view the no of God like this, no on that means yes to something else. I just got to find what the yes is. And you're able to view the blocking as God saying, you're not going there. That's not it. Me not getting hired was because God wanted me to come here and work as a student pastor Under my parents, I was a church janitor, that's what I did. I was trying to get certified by the state to be a teacher at a school, but instead God said, no, you're gonna vacuum these floors, change ceiling tiles, change light bulbs for nine years. (laughs) Tell my story. My wife was the breadwinner. This is a whole another conversation, we can have a whole sermon about it. I need a high value man, she was making the money. I was at home with both of our children, coming up here when I could, editing the church announcements, teaching to the high school and the, the college students, changing ceiling tile, cleaning toilets, taking out the trash, and that was my life. See, but look, the no was God trying to teach me take care of my temple. Take, see, listen, I didn't know Years later, when you become a student pastor, I'm going to breathe on your ministry to such a degree where somebody else could get arrogant. But you remember what it was like cleaning toilets. You remember what it was like touching urine, cleaning off toilet seats. You remember what it was like to have dust fall in your eye from the ceiling tile. You remember what it's like. That thorn kept you humble. So no matter how big the stage is, I'll come home, pick up chairs, take out trash, it don't matter but God gave me a pastor to prepare me for where he was taking me. So I'm just using my story for anybody who gets no after no after no and you feel like your anointing doesn't match your placement? It's because of what he's preparing you for. And the same man, 19, 20, 21, that was washing toilets and sweeping, I'll do the same thing today. Love my people, perfect my church. You see that spot? changing? I would hate it. My mama say, it rained last night. You see that sin on town? No, I ain't see it. <laughs> Nine years. Number three, how do you know and how can you identify the know of God? It strangles your peace. Every time you try, your peace starts getting choked up. But when you step back, it's like your spirit can breathe again. You have to literally pop z antidepressants to try to stay in what you're forcing. It strangles your peace. Number four, we'll end with this. It contradicts scripture. Contradicts scripture. It's not God's word if it's not interpreted right. It's your words. This whole series is designed to get us to be people who can hear and my assignment on the day teach them how to hear what I'm saying this is no so you literally have a list Okay, lack of peace getting strangled Okay, this, so you can discern whenever an opportunity is before you that does not mean God's yes is automatically on it I want to know where the peace is that I'm supposed to play and whenever God gives no It's because he said yes to something else. Father, we pray in this moment, let this word take root in our heart. So that we could be like Paul who goes from being overwhelmed by the thorn to being overjoyed. I will boast In my weakness, because it's the power of Jesus who still can work through me. Help us, Father God, to trust your know. Even when it hurts, even when it causes for there to be tears, because sometimes we don't see clearly until our eyes are filled with tears. And God, we repent for trying to make things work. And we also say, Thank you for all the stuff you blocked. Thank you the wedding was called off. Thank you I didn't get the interview. Thank you I didn't get the promotion. Help us to get so mature that when we get closed doors, we say thank you because we don't know what you just protected us from. God, let us be sheep who hear your voice and the voice of a stranger we would not follow. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody who agrees that prayer, would just shout amen all over the building? Amen.